welcome to another episode of Christ Community Church Podcast. I'm Stephen Watson. And I'm Neil Grogan. And today we are talking about the life of the church by Joe Thorne. And we are going to focus on a pretty large section of the book. We're, we're going to zero in on part two, which is the pulpit. And uh, we're going to be doing, what chapters does that cover? Four, yeah, five, six, six. I think it's just three. Yeah, but we're not going to do seven. We'll do a separate podcast for seven. Right. Um, but the pulpit, I think it's one of the reasons why we chose this book to do as a book study is because we get our church's values from this book. Yeah. So we believe that our values as a church are the pulpit, the table, and the square. We discussed the table a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, and this week we want to focus in on the idea of of the pulpit mm-hmm. as as a core value. But we want to do so by by reviewing what Thorne says in these chapters. So to so to begin, Stephen, how would you? What would be your Cliff Notes synopsis of the pulpit? Why is it our value? I would say the pulpit is a piece of furniture in the church that exalts the Word of God, keeps it central, right, in the life of the church. So even our sanctuary or the room we meet in, right? What sanctuary? Is... No, no, no. Let's use the word sanctuary. Praise God. So. I... <laughs> I don't. I don't like it whenever people say, "Well, it's the it's a meeting room, or it's the gathering room, yeah. or it's the upper room." What? No, I used no. to. Yeah, <laughs> but the uh, I used to call the room where we meet the upper room. Yeah. because it's upstairs. Well, we were not getting game. licked by any flaming tongues. No, no, um, but uh, yeah, the I sanctuary. Yeah, I like calling it the sanctuary because I believe that when the saints are gathered together, something holy's taking Occurring, place. Yeah, yeah, so. It's like it's like the elements in communion. We don't believe they turn into Jesus's body and blood, right? But I think there's something special about the body assembling. About the body assembling and and participating and using those elements, right? Like after the church service is over, dude, my daughter is gonna be like doing shots with grape juice. Oh, stop it! <laughs> she almost had a Baptist conniption. <laughs> She's she's popping all those little. Uh, no, don't those. say that. <laughs> she's eating bread. She's popping little the the little cubes of of the bread. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Do so we need to start this over. <laughs> we don't. All right, commitment. Go. I'm, I'm already into this. So uh, yeah, so there's nothing holy about the elements in of themselves, but when we are together and we're taking them. There's something special about it. Right. So when I say, yeah, we, we gather in a sanctuary, any other day of the week, it's a kitchen and a yoga room. <laughs> but when the saints are gathered together in that room. It is a sanctuary. It is something holy and right. set apart is happening. And at the center of the sanctuary is the pulpit. It's the pulpit where mm. the word of God is proclaimed. Mm. And so in Thorne's chapters on this, he's really focusing in and zeroing in on how this is true in the worship service of the local church. Right. We would say for our value that we want to be that word centric and the pulpit represents the entirety of our ministry right. as well. So he kind of he kind of mentions the different types of ministry of the word, right. whether that's private devotionals, family worship or corporate worship. 
But then he says, I'm going to leave those aside and I'm only going to focus on corporate worship. Right. For our church, the value is all of those things. Right. Like the word needs to be there. Central to all that we do and all that we believe. Exactly. And we, we promote private worship. We're about to publish the new Bible reading plans in mm-hmm. January. We're, you know, we promote family worship. We mm-hmm. give books out on that to new parents. Yep. We, we do it in community groups. You know, we, we are fans of that, but we also believe in in the, the necessity of corporate worship. Yeah, on the Lord's Day. Mm. So we we affirm and believe the gathering of the saints on Sunday to do a couple things. What do we do when we gather? What, what do we do? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, so what do we do literally? So I would say when we gather together, what, what makes a church service a church service? We pray. Yep. We read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We exposit the Word of God. We sing, uh, and we do the ordinances. Right, which are uh, baptism and Lord's Supper. That's right. Uh, and so I think those are those are kind of the necessary elements of is the church worshiping and gathering. So right. I think three guys sitting around their you know living room around a coffee table. They say, "Well, we're all Christians. This is church." I'm like, "Well." You're all Christians. You're all part of the universal church, but this is—if those elements aren't there, then I'd right. say you're, you're not—you're not doing church. You're not being corporate worship. You got—you got you to have that corporate worship, right? Uh, and I, I know a lot of people push back on me, and that—that's fine. He, he kind of gets into that. Uh, what chapter is that? Where the regulative and normative principles uh, are? That would be five. Chapter I five. Yes. Yep, yep. They're on page forty-eight. Yeah. Uh, so two different ideas. Like the, the normative principle says that the church is bound to do what Scripture prescribes, but what it doesn't talk about. But what it doesn't talk about. Freedom. Feel free to do it. Yeah. Uh, so that's the normative. The regulative principle teaches the, 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 the these are the essential elements of corporate worship. Right. Uh, then the rest would be accidental or circumstantial, right? Yeah. So like, do we use wood for a pulpit? Right. That would be a, a measure of circumstance. Do we use chairs or pews? You Do know, we use right. grape juice or wine? Right. Do we use leavened bread or unleavened? The people might actually debate on that one. Yeah, that, that one probably. That one, people would debate on Do that we one. Use, Do we have to use a, a house like churches in Acts right. would have or, been, or any or, meeting space, or yeah. in a meeting space, yeah. Or do we use a church building? You know, like those are all circumstantial, accidental. You know, God's providentially placed us mm-hmm. to make those decisions. But re- we affirm the regulative principle, which would say that how we do worship, the essentials of worship, are, are what you described. Right? They're right. found in Scripture. And, and I like how he goes. We we completely skipped a chapter. We'll go back to it though. Now we're gonna bounce um, around. Boom. On page 50, he talks about uh, about how this might seem nitpicky. Sure. Like, why are we why are we being so nitpicky about this? And he says, God has always cared about how he is worshipped. Oh, yeah. So we go all the way back to Genesis uh, 4 with mm-hmm. Cain and Abel. Yep. You know, Cain was not accepted by God. Right, for the way Abel, he worshipped. because of how he worshipped. We have in the book of Numbers... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Leviticus 10. He actually has this written in the book yeah. about Nadab and Abihu mm-hmm. who used something common. They used a common fire mm-hmm. uh, 
a str- of worship. Yeah. Strange fire. Strange fire. That's what he uses. Yeah. Um, and so, and so they were consumed by fire right. as a result of not worshiping God properly. Mm. Uh, so I don't, I don't think we're going to get consumed by fire if we do something improper. No. You know, we're in the season of Advent right now, and Advent candles aren't in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would say that we want to be obedient to the measures of which God places for how he desires to be worshipped. Right. And he desires, which would skip another chapter, but he desires to be worshipped in both spirit and in truth, right? Mm. To be worshipped by the people of God who have the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them are to worship God in accordance with how he has um, articulated us to worship him in the word of God. So, right? so here would be the next question if we, if we just kind of stayed in one chapter for a little bit longer in chapter 5. Mm-hmm. How do we use the word of God in our services? What are the, what are yeah. the different ways? Yeah, so first and foremost, we do a call to worship. Always scripture. It's always scripture. So we read the word of God. Yeah. Um, so that's that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but we pray the text usually yeah. in a certain way, whether at the, at the end of the preaching or um, before we go up there. Yeah. Um, we also... Um, we do a scripture reading. Yeah, from... From confession and assurance of pardon, those yep. are always textual, mm-hmm. textually based. Uh, we don't just get up there and talk about our feelings about Christ. We read a text, right? So the word informs everything that we do, and 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 our preaching and how and how we exposit the word of God, right? Yeah. So we preach book by book, line upon line, precept upon precept, and um, we exposit the text specifically, yeah. yeah. And he, he lists, Thorne lists a few reasons why we do this. He says one of the reasons why we use the word so much is because Scripture reveals God to us. Right. It shows us the God of the universe who created us and who loves us. So how do we know about this God? Well, we can only know about him and how he has revealed himself to us. Right. Otherwise, we're just making a God in our own image of whatever we want him to be. Absolutely. And that's a false God. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, Romans 1 talks about this. There's this general re- revelation, right, where everybody stands condemned based on the fact that God has revealed himself in the creation, in the created order of mm-hmm. things. But he specially or specifically reveals himself to us in the Bible, in his word to us about himself. And so... Part of what he reveals to us about himself is how he desires to be worshipped right. by us, right? Well, and, then, and then the next thing he says that Scripture does is not only does it reveal to us who God is, right. but then it goes in a little bit further and it says, and when we realize who God is, it kind of reforms, kind of, it does reform our hearts. Right. Like it shapes us into uh, God-like attributes. So right. we we... Our goal is to become holy as he is holy. Right. Our goal is to look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. Absolutely. More like Jesus today than we looked like Jesus six months ago. Yeah. And how does that happen but by his word? Yeah, there's a there's a great phrase. I love this phrase. It's called the process of biblical change. And we get we get that not only in private and family worship, but in corporate worship, right? Where Ephesians four twenty two through twenty four kind of gives us this picture of taking off the old self, that former way of life, being renewed in the spirit of our mind. How do we get renewed in the spirit of our minds through 
through the word of God mm-hmm. and putting on the new self, which is Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. And so that is what, when we come to worship corporately as a body, we confess those old ways of life, how we've mm-hmm. tried to return to um, this this former way, this this godless manner of living, right? Mm-hmm. And we confess of those sins and we, and we repent of those sins. And then we get renewed in the spirit of our minds by the preaching of God's word from through prayer, through um, the reading of God's word, through the ordinances, which is the visible picture of God's word, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then we put on the new self. We, we, we turn from our sin. We turn towards Christ, exercising faith and hope in him again. And, man, when we, when we come to the word of God, we should always leave transformed. Mm-hmm. It should make an impact on our hearts. Yeah. So Thorne uses the language of, you know, we, we look up in worship, right? We are, we are at church on Sunday yeah. morning to, Age 42. to worship God, first and foremost. And what that, to your point, when we are looking up worshiping God, it should also inform and, and reveal something about our hearts, right? So we look in, right? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Absolutely. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. So it should change us, right? And then we look around. How do we look around the church? This is something we've tried to emphasize since planting, right? So we we always say, like, when you... we, We say that every member is a minister and a missionary. Right. And so when the saints gather to worship on Sunday, they are in ministry mode. Mm-hmm. They're there to worship God, but they're also looking around. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking around at their fellow members, at their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and they are, there should be an effort to minister to them. Yep. Uh, through prayer, uh, through Singing. Uh, encouraging, but singing is a big one. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, this is like when we gather to worship, our, our culture is not a singing culture. Right. We are we are a concert culture where we like to sit and listen. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show, but but Christians are a singing people. Right. Uh, that's, that's the way that our people behave. We sing. Mm. We sing loud. We sing with... Uh, volume or boisterous right we're joyful uh and part of that is that it's an encouragement to the other brothers and sisters in that room Mm -hmm. Uh, it glorifies god but we're reminding each other uh, who god is what god's about and we're encouraging one another that we're not in this thing alone right and that even in the singing that we do Man, it's informed or it's straight out of scripture. Yep. So we sing the word of God to each other. I think we left other. that one out. Yeah, That's we did leave catch. that out. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, Thorne, and I think this is important that we touch on yeah. application wise. Look back. Is how do we look back when when the corporate worship service has ended? Mm-hmm. What do, what now? What do we do now? Yeah. So we what we used to do and the way we used to put this into practice is back when we could have community groups pre COVID. Mm-hmm we would use those community groups as an opportunity to look at the sermon. Yeah. And so there would be questions developed for groups of believers to gather in a living room where they'd also do family worship. Right. Uh, and they would, they would discuss the sermon and eat 
and, <laughs> and eat with yeah. one of those is a table and it was a pulpit time right uh, so that that that's kind of how we did it back then now like this past Sunday I said all right this is what I want you to do over the dinner table like, right I guess it would be lunch table I'm still mm-hmm. country <laughs> uh, <laughs> dinner and supper Um but yeah, it's like as you're sitting down for lunch across the table from somebody, ask these questions right. of one another, and so we try to encourage it in that way, uh, so people can look back and discuss the sermon, discuss the text, to apply it to their lives. Right, and so um, I think we can kind of probably end this one there um, by saying a couple things, and and that's that. We should we should look at our corporate services. If you're a good member of a church body, right, mm-hmm. is you should look at your services and see how it is informed by the Word of God. Yeah. And man, we should hold one another accountable to to the primary way we understand worship. It's it's how God desires to be worshipped. I think one of the tendencies, one of the sinful tendencies of our hearts is to look for how we worship as what makes us feel comfortable and what makes us, you know, I want to invite my friend to a church that has a drummer, you know, or or whatever, you know what I mean? And and in that we twist it and we, and we, we start desiring to worship what we like and not what God how God desires yeah, to be worshipped. I, right? I think it was Bob Coughlin, uh-huh. uh, who's, who's like worship so leader, yeah. extraordinaire. He said, you know, whenever whenever you gather together, you you should like like one third of the songs. Oh yeah, you know, you should like one third of the songs. And if you like one, and we only sing three songs Ooh. right now, so he's like, if you like one of them, that should be pretty good, because <laughs> right. hopefully your church is diverse enough and and likes and and songs that really speak to them Mm -hmm. Uh, but you need to be participating in all three songs yeah totally because that song that you don't like really speaks to the person beside you right and so you need to participate one to glorify God right uh, but also to minister to your brother and sister Uh, he he does talk about in in that chapter on spirit and truth Mm -hmm. about some good applications one was that participate like we just talked about right sing loud sing loud when somebody's praying, you're praying with them. When with someone, time of confession, yeah, confess exactly. Yeah. When somebody is is reading scripture, we're reading along with them, right? So we participate. But he also has a, another P because he's a good Baptist of, mm. of prepare, mm. like prepare your heart. We, we should prepare our hearts well before Sunday happens. Like we should be prepared to say this is something we do. We go to church, yeah, and you're not deciding Sunday morning. Are we going to go, we gonna go to church? Or we don't even decide on Saturday. Are we going to go to church? Like, no, it's it's just what we do. Right. Uh, Is it a value of your of your home life? Right? Like, I'd encourage families to come up with mission statements and family values and make one of your values. Man, we are a people who love the church, mm. who attend we are regularly. We are for the church. Yeah. Um, I think on average, most church attenders go once a month. And I think that's what the... Yeah, I, I think our Christ Community Church average is better than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm so, saying general If somebody average, said, Stephen, how often should I be in church? I'm going to say every, every, Sunday. every Sunday. Yeah, unless you're providentially hindered. Unless you're providentially hindered, you should be there 
every Sunday. Uh, and I think if someone said why, I was like, man, it's because we love God. Yeah. And we want to worship Him. And we yeah. want to commune with the saints. Yeah. And these are these are important values. Yeah. And it is essential for life and godliness. Yeah, for so. sure. Mm. All right. Well, that is the value and the chapters chapters on, on the pulpit and Life of the Church by Joe, Joe Thorne. Next time, what are we going to be talking about? I think next time we're going to hit that last chapter in part two, which what? is on liturgy. Mm. And so we're going to be talking about what are the elements of our church, which have changed since COVID. Since we planted, yeah. Since we planted. Right. Uh, one day, maybe we'll get back. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, guys, that's another episode of Cross Community Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. God Bye. bless.